My name is Mark Vicente. I'm a director, producer, writer, and troublemaker. I'm most known as the director of the film, What the Bleep Do We Know?, and as one of the Nixium whistleblowers featured in the HBO series, The Vow. Let's just say I know a thing or two about cults. I don't consider myself a cult expert, but I'm definitely an expert in being screwed over, waking up, and knowing how to spot them. And let me tell you, they're everywhere. One of my many passions is to help people see patterns of abuse across multiple contexts, from personal, to family, to group, to societal. It's all the same pattern at every scale. I want to arm people with the knowledge to recognize and navigate these kinds of abuses so they can experience true freedom and be their most authentic selves. Along the way, I'm going to touch on psychology, spirituality, consciousness, morality, cults, science, filmmaking, media, and philosophy. You never quite know what you're going to get, as it really does depend on WTF is on my mind. prompting of my amazing audience, you in other words, I've been thinking a lot about the dreaded topic of cancel culture, and I'd like to share a few thoughts. And yes, I know I'm wading into dangerous territory, but it's worth asking, why is it so dangerous? I mean, it shouldn't be in a free, open-minded society, right? Cancel culture is in essence a reaction to something that a person or people or group perceives as not only bad, but perhaps catastrophic to them or society or their own ideology. I think this is a really complex subject. Not because, you know, it can't be understood, but because of people's extreme reactivity around this topic. Let's say someone says that one thing that causes a virtual mob to be mobilized to destroy this evil perpetrator. Here's why it's complex. And it's because it has all kinds of unintended consequences. Let's look at the hero's journey that is spoken about so much amongst, you know, screenwriters and novelists and you know, mythologists. The hero's journey does not begin with the person being a mensch. In fact, sometimes the hero is weak or, you know, inexperienced, and in the worst case, an utter prick, you know, a complete failure or a reprehensible human being. In the mythological journey, this pre-hero has some kind of collision with reality that is so astounding that they have a, I guess, a come-to-Jesus moment. In the hero's journey, there are all these fears that the protagonist has to deal with. There are external forces and internal forces, which eventually they overcome and become the hero. But there's low points, there's mistakes, there's failures, there's errors in thinking, and there are errors in action. And these are essential parts of the hero's journey. Otherwise, we wouldn't call it a hero's journey. So, 
If we need to destroy anything that is not perfect in our eyes, there will be no more heroes left. If perfection is required at all times, there is no room for mistakes. There's no room for being human. And there are deep, deep, profound consequences to destroying the possibility of mistakes being part of the human journey. Consequences to ourselves and the sinner. And yeah, I use that word on purpose. Now, some will argue, well, me holding them accountable and canceling them is part of their hero's journey. Okay. So now you're going to insert yourself as a god into this person's life because you think that's your role, right? The problem is it's profoundly narcissistic. Very few people of conscience would actually try to destroy someone to help make them a hero. And that's something a cult leader would say, by the way. It's cult logic. The self-righteous moral warrior is trying to destroy this faulty person for psychological reasons of their own. There's a kind of societal purity culture that has been present in civilization for, you know, centuries. I mean, the Middle Ages, Victorianism, the Puritans, uh, Mao Zedong's Cultural Revolution. The idea is to purify the person and the nation by eliminating all that is undesirable. It's an ideology that runs rampant in cults of all scales. We, the citizens, have to try to live up to some impossible ideal by suppressing or destroying everything that does not meet the holiness or purity of the ideal. All those shameful things now live in our shadow. In essence, you know, festering, boiling, and you know, sometimes seething with hatred. We must not, we cannot acknowledge that any of those unacceptable things live inside of us. So when we see them externally in another person's actions, we must attack. We must go after them with the same force that we use to bottle up and suppress our own perceived imperfections. The only way to feel better is to try to destroy the unacceptable. In essence, it's a violent, unconscious projection. And every person we destroy makes us feel pure and pure, you know, or so we believe. Unfortunately, all those unresolved things are still in our shadow, eating away at us. We become more and more miserable, more and more hateful, but we're doing noble work, we tell ourselves. What happens to a society like this is what happens in a cult. It becomes very apparent to the followers that there are strict, strict rules of conduct. Say this thing, you know, or that thing that is not approved, and we might get destroyed. You know, we might have to go through public humiliation, like uh, a Chinese communist era struggle session. Or we might be shunned altogether. The cultic society begins living with a background level of fear. It's normalized terror. Everyone, unconsciously, and, and maybe sometimes consciously, is being very careful and living a shallow, sort of smiling Truman Show existence. 
And then leadership is giving lip service to compassion, to love, you know, and empathy. But we feel in our bones that if we step out of line, we're screwed. Mistakes will not be tolerated. Creativity must be muzzled. Expression carefully monitored. The hero's journey is outlawed. It's be perfect or else. Now, before someone prepares the stake to burn me alive for heresy, I do need to say that you want to balance these thoughts of mine with the question, is this person being targeted causing harm to civilization? And perhaps they are. And if so, they should be held accountable for that. But I don't, you don't need a violent mob, you know, seething with hatred and projecting their own shadow for that. You know, there might be other ways. What we also have to look at is that many people are canceled as part of a smear campaign. And the people doing the canceling don't necessarily have all the information. There are all these, you know, ad hominem attacks that are paid for, um, straw man arguments that are proposed by very, very smart think tanks. And we, you know, the, the obedient horde just go along with it. Sometimes I wonder, you know, are we destroying the very thing or person that is trying to lead us to freedom? I found that to be the case during the exit from Nixium, when those of us who were speaking out were smeared. The campaign against us was so profound that even to this day, like almost six years after we went public, it's still in effect. Even amongst people that eventually left the cult, some of them still think of us very poorly. Some have even admitted to me that the smear campaign was so good that it took them a long time to see me as a human being again. They saw us whistleblowers as these awful Luciferians. And all of this, by the way, engineered by the cult leader. There are some canceling campaigns that are started and promoted by very powerful interests. If a major corporation and its affiliated news outlets are the ones calling for the cancellation, I think it's worth taking a pause and considering that we might be being played. The mob can be easily activated, especially a mob in denial of its own shadow. You know, a mob using any means possible to bring about a delusional, utopian world of love and compassion. But, you know, fighting for peace or, you know, you know what, for virginity doesn't make sense and it doesn't work. Look, I think, I think mistakes are essential in the act of living and learning. We cannot eradicate them from the human condition. Denying our shadow and having it burst out in unconscious and unhealthy ways is bad for us and it's potentially deadly for society. I also think relinquishing our need for absolute purity and allowing our hero's journey is very, very important. We need to let go of purity culture. It has never, ever worked in centuries. Do people doing objectively bad, criminal and evil things need to be held accountable? Absolutely. I am so on board with that. So where's the dividing line in our perception from, you know, disowning our shadow and spewing our hatred on others to, you know, someone is doing bad shit and needs to be held accountable. And 
is cancel culture bad? I guess it depends on how it's used. It could be used righteously or maliciously. I think it's worth examining our own motives as we sometimes, you know, inadvertently burn the so-called witches and warlocks of modern society. Maybe we can start by being more self-reflective. What's living in our shadow? What are we terrified of looking at and acknowledging? So, anyway, those are my deep thoughts today. And that is what has been on my mind. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Please, you know, hit me up in the comments section of my YouTube channel. I hope you have an amazing day, whatever you're doing. And remember, stay curious. Oh,